Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where your host, Alison K. Summers, is searching the globe to introduce you to cutting-edge thinkers and entrepreneurs whose stories will inspire you to innovate your own business life. Having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, Alison is taking her own experiences to help today's CEOs and professionals meet the ever-changing demands of the future of work. Now, here's your host, Alison K. Summers. Welcome to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation, and I thank you for spending time with us. We hope that you enjoy this guest story today because her personal story crosses three different continents, and, and she'll share a little bit about that, that background and her passion because she is a social entrepreneur, and in 2019, she was listed on Entrepreneur's List of 100 Most Powerful Women, and so it is truly just such a treat. She is a pioneer in the lab diamond industry, and she has gone to great lengths to raise awareness um, regarding the blood diamond industry and how we can do things differently in the world. And so with that, I would like to introduce to you the founder of Mia Diamond, and that is Anamika Anderson. Welcome to the program. Hi, Allison. Oh, what a wonderful intro. Thank you so much for having me. So tell everybody, let's, let's tell everybody about Mia Donna and about what you do in the world today for your business. Yeah. So I'm the CEO and founder of Mia Donna, but also the Greener Diamond Foundation. Like you mentioned, we are a social enterprise and uh, we are the world leader in lab-grown, conflict-free, fine jewelry. Um, we're also now B Corp certified, which is, which is fantastic. Um, so I actually came into this industry as an activist more than anything else when I had found out there was a huge issue and conflict diamonds was still a major problem in today's society. Um, so that's really how I got into lab growing diamonds and pioneered the industry. So talk just for everybody, because not everybody, which always amazes me, but not everybody's still familiar with B Corps. Yeah, but I love B Corps. As, um, as a business owner, and I went through the process myself, it is absolutely grueling. Um, they, they certify companies that have met um, and exceeded the highest social and environmental standards. Um, and going through it, as I said, as a business owner, they uncover so many areas in your company that you've never even looked at with that perspective. Um, and they make you rework things. Um, and it took us a year to get our certification, but we got it. So now as a consumer, whenever I see that B Corp certification, I can really trust it. Yeah, and really understand and respect what, what it takes for those company founders who have that vision and, and mission to, to achieve it. Absolutely. And Absolutely. yours was a long journey, and this is where I said, <laughs> so our listeners, you know, your, your story has touched, you know, a minimum of three continents, likely more, um, but can you just, let's take a step back so people can get yeah. to know you a little bit better um, on how you got to where you are today. Yeah. And as I said, I come into this industry as an activist. Um, I didn't come in to be like a corporate tycoon or anything like that. Um, but it was back in 2005 uh, when I had discovered I had most likely purchased a conflict diamond myself. Um, and I always felt it really hurt me because I, I was raised to be a conscious consumer. My father was a huge activist and environmentalist. Um, and then by buying this product, I had unknowingly hurt a whole generation of children. Um, so 
I decided to make things right in my own mind. I was just going to, I was going to sponsor a little boy in a diamond, well, a child in a diamond mining community to kind of uh, pay back what I had unintentionally done. Um, but the most remarkable thing happened was that we exchanged letters from his family to my family, this little boy that I started sponsoring, and we developed a relationship. And I got a first-hand look of what it was like for this little boy to grow up in a dime mining community, which I hadn't had yet. I had just had biased information. Um, and I will never forget the day he wrote to me and said, I had a great summer because only one of my classmates was killed. I actually had to read it a couple times and, and process it because I was a mother myself. I had a one-year-old. I was actually pregnant with my son at the time and thought this is this is absolutely ridiculous there needs to be a better way to produce fine jewelry diamonds and gold um so the simplest form of mia donna and the greener diamond was i wanted to sell conflict-free fine jewelry to sponsor as many children as i possibly could um and as you mentioned that led me on a huge discovery a decade and a half later um i mean I, I, on my search for a conflict-free diamond, I didn't feel comfortable with anything that came out of the earth. So that's when I started to turn to science. Um, and this was back in 2005 when, the, in, when our technology was very much in its infancy um, because I knew the only way to guarantee a diamond to be conflict-free was to grow it in a lab. Yeah, and I had that, I wanted to know, I was curious about how you went about that first like proof of concept. And you know, first declaring to family and friends that you were going to start on this mission, um, <laughs> but how you went about truly making sure that you could find a lab and, and, and mm -hmm. create the product that you believed in. This is, I actually really like this question because it was really a leap of faith driven by passion on, on, on my part. Um, I really had to skip the step of proof of concept. Everyone I talked about, talked to about the business plan thought I was crazy. Um, that you, what you're growing diamonds in a lab is a cubic zirconia. Like they just really couldn't, you know, um, get their heads around it. And then the fact that I wanted to give away my profits, <laughs> people just did not, did not grasp it. Um, so it was very hard to get any positive feedback uh, with my business plan at the beginning. Um, trying to find labs again that was very very difficult at the right at the beginning as I said uh, in 2005 we could only grow diamonds to a quarter of a carat and they were yellow in color um, actually in 2016 my company uh, partners grew a 6.28 carat colorless diamond so you can see how far far we've come um, but back then there were only two labs that were growing diamonds um, and so I worked with both of them to try and figure out how can we get these larger and colorless and in a gem quality that would be right for the market, the diamond market. Um, unfortunately, one of those labs halfway through said, you know what, sorry, we can't keep doing this. No one's ever going to want lab growing diamonds. We've spent too much money. We're, we're done. We're not, we're not continuing. So then I, I kept going with that, that one lab. Um, and now we have diamonds that are better than anything we'll ever get out of the ground. So I'm, I'm really, sure really glad. I'm sure the listeners are still trying to get their head around this concept of grow diamonds. And, mm -hmm. and exactly. we only have limited time. So they're going to have to go on a leap of faith and, and go to your website and find out, find out more. Um, just they, these are real diamonds. We're just mimicking what happens in the earth in a modern day controlled environment. I, I explain it, it's kind of like making ice in your freezer versus getting it from a glacier. They're both still chemically, physically, and optically identical. Same with our lab grown diamonds. That's a very easy way to understand it. Yeah. 
Um, and so we, we talked outside of this interview that you had a, a, a point where you had to have a, a choice. Do you want to be part mm -hmm. of the, the manufacturing channel or a part of the awareness and promoting, um, you know, the, the mission of what you set out to do? And you chose to go towards the awareness and the mission, correct? Exactly. I chose the retail route. Um, I, I feel like I was that that was that was my job as I said I came into this as as a as a consumer that wanted this product and so I was perfectly posed to be able to um, pioneer the the retail market for lab bra and diamonds as no one was doing it well obviously we didn't have the technology yet I say you make it I'll I'll sell it um, so that that was a big choice back then. I'm so glad I went that route. Um, as I said, there was there was no proof of concept back at the beginning, but I knew that if women knew what I knew about about conflict diamonds and they still exist, they would make different choices. So I was just incredibly passionate about getting out there, creating awareness that this doesn't have to happen. We have a far better alternative, um, and we can help uh, the planet and in um, communities at the same time. And so you're based in Portland, Oregon, but Correct. the Green Diamond um, Foundation, tell us a little bit about how the foundation makes a difference for people. So I, that's my passion, the Greener Diamond Foundation. Um, and I actually, it's all run by volunteers. And so it has no administration costs. So every, uh, Everything that we raise at Mia Donna that goes to our foundation goes directly to the projects. Um, we started with farms because in diamond mining communities, it's illegal to grow food um, because the ground is considered too valuable in its natural resources to waste it on growing food. And so it's, it, it has such a ripple effect that then generations later lose the trade of how to grow their own food and farm. And so that's where we started. We started by going into these communities and securing um, di uh, prime diamond mining land and saying, no, we're not mining, we're growing food, which uh, didn't make me very popular um, at the beginning. Um, and so that's where we started. We've now branched out to a lot of different projects of um, helping women of um, survivors of sexual violence, um, helping women get into leadership roles, um, micro loans to start their own businesses. Um, and I mean, when Ebola hit, we were there and we helped. And right now we're helping with the coronavirus in West Africa with these diamond mining communities. So I have to ask you, because one of our favorite questions at Disruptive CEO Nation is about the money. And it's about, <laughs> you know, how you backed um, what, you, what you do. So did you bootstrap everything yourself? <laughs> have, you, have you brought yeah. in outside investors yet? Because I think in a, in a B Corp, it's a very different mm -hmm. uh, proposition. You hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. Um, no, we've ne we've never had financing. I'm not saying I haven't tried. Okay, uh, we've never had financing. We've organically grown and organically grown very successfully and always been profitable. Um, in my experience, investors do not like the concept of social enterprise and giving away profits. It kind of defeats the whole purpose of investing. Um, but again, you've got to understand that I started this back in 2005. This is way before B corporations, Warby Parkers, Tom's, um, you know, a lot of those uh, very successful social enterprises. Um, and so it, it has been incredibly challenging. I do see a slight change, um, but it's not moving fast enough. I, I do also think it is that I'm a woman. And I know that's a very controversial thing to say. Um, but I mean, there's a, 
abundance of studies out there to still show the gender gap in funding, that the average loan size for both women and men are about the same, yet uh, men receive about 20% more funding than women do. Um, so, I mean, I, I, think, I think that is, uh, is, a, is a problem that's still going on today. Yeah, absolutely. And that is something that, you know, we, we talk about and, and how we, um, you know, just help all entrepreneurs, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're men or women, you know, be able to represent themselves positively, represent their, their, their products, their services, their brands, their mm -hmm. visions in a way that lets investors, um, you know, make equitable choices when mm -hmm. they, when they put their money in and we could have a whole Conversation we, we, we could have a one. whole conversation. Yeah, a whole conversation. <laughs> um, I want to talk more about then, um, you know, some of the hard lessons you learned along the way. Um, mm -hmm. If there was something that you could share with us that, that stands out for you of like a, you know, and I know most people, so Anamika, you can't back down and say, no, I've learned from every mistake. But surely <laughs> <laughs> there was something in the last uh, decade that you wished hadn't gone the way it went. Oh goodness. Like there is so much. How much time do we have? <laughs> I mean, it, this was an industry that they didn't want to happen. Um, the Earthmine diamond industry is incredibly dominated by um, f families, old, old money, old families, um, and very male dominated. And so they've been trying to stop the lab grown diamond industry since, you know, um, GE was doing lab grown diamonds in the fifties. Um, so this, this is an industry they, they didn't want it to happen. So there has been an incredible amount of pushback. I mean, it's, it's to the little bits about being a woman. You can't be a mother and a CEO. You, you can't make a decision on a gut feeling to sending me cease and desist orders and stopping me from going to events or giving me gag orders because I was telling the truth. Um, so there was a lot of pushback. And now even the DPA, which is the Diamond Producers Association, um, they have a $70 million budget to advertise the, the positives of Earthmine Diamonds, but also decredit and slow the popularity of Labron Diamonds. Um, so definitely there's been a lot of pushback and I feel like I can't say just one thing, um, but that has been the hardest thing about creating the Labron Diamond industry. Yeah, well, and, and a lot of our disruptors that are doing anything when it's, and it's directly affecting a specific um, you know, stream of business, it, you mm -hmm. know, but I can't imagine the, 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 the battles and the conversations trying to disrupt the diamond industry. That's got to be the mother Absolutely. of disruption right there. And I've always said this. I mean, I've been saying this for 15 years, that lab growing diamonds is simply the evolution of the diamond. When societies and products evolve, so, you know, sorry, when societies and technologies evolve, so do the products. And the customers, the conscious consumers are the ones that are going to be pushing this. And I knew it would always happen. Um, and it, it's now happened. So uh, you, can't, you can't stop the evolution of, of societies and products. Well, and I think, you know, I have the, the extreme pleasure of speaking to a lot of socially responsible businesses. And they also, similar to your story, talk about the difficult, the difficulty in, in getting funding. And, you know, but yet, on the other hand, we also know that this, this rise of the conscious consumer 
is not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't, you just, you can't debate that. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, you have children, I have children, I have, my children are very spread in ages. Um, mm-hmm. so one that's a, a married off full working adult and she sees the world one way. And then I, my youngest is, is 13 and she sees the world a very, a very different way. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, my 13 year old will literally take things out of my hands or push me through a store or like it's, it's in their DNA to be those conscious consumers. And I it, think if business mm-hmm. doesn't change, it's going to be a problem. It really is. Yeah. If, if they try and fight this, they will not survive. I mean, I always go back to the blockbuster uh, example, right? Um, they took too long to pivot to streaming and it just didn't happen for them. There's many, many examples that we have of this. Um, and you, you need to pivot to your consumer. So, I, Before we go, I want to stay on the consumer and I want to talk about your, your branding and your marketing strategies um, before we conclude our, our time together. And so this is usually where I, I tell listeners like what I like about your website or to, what to go take a look at. And, and certainly it's an engaging um, one. It's a very, a very clean and, and lovely site. And you've given people a lot of videos to watch to get to know the brand and your, your mission and to, to see your products. Um, how do you go about introducing people to me, Adana, what's your best marketing channel to raise awareness? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like to present the facts. Um, I, it's not about persuading anyone or any kind of marketing tricks. It's purely presenting the facts and the consumers will always make their own decision. Um, I always tell the benefits of lab bra and diamonds. I mean, they're a win-win all around. They're actually harder and brighter than anything we'll ever get out of the earth, but they're up to 40% less expensive than um, diamonds from the earth. So right there, they're, they're an amazing benefit. Um, and then with the fact that we are a social enterprise and we're genuine and we're authentic, um, that really resonates with today's consumer. And so that we just try and present the facts um, and the consumers make their own mind. Do you do aggressive marketing through um, any specific uh, digital channels or mm-hmm. do you find that you do very well with word of mouth marketing? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We're a web-based company. There's definitely <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of SEO and a lot of uh, SEM as well, um, and which is great too, because before, I want to say five years ago, not many people had heard the term lab-grown diamonds or man-made diamonds. It was, people were still thinking it was like cubic zirconia or something that was fake. And so we had to do a lot of marketing around that, that no, these are real, these are identical. But I feel like we don't need to do that anymore. I Lab-grown diamonds are widely accepted and people know the terms. So people are now just searching for a lab-grown or a conflict-free diamond and that's how they're finding us online. Fantastic. Yeah. You've done so much and I know it's, you have ambitions to do so much more. And I love to ask my guests, if we came back and talked to you again in five years, what would be the story that you would want to be telling to everybody? Oh, what would I be telling? I would be telling, I told you so. (laughs) Um, uh, I mean, it's exactly what we've just been talking about. Consumers are demanding products that align with their values. Um, Diamond mines are drying up. That's a fact. Um, There's a lot of uh, rules by like the FTC and the ISO that are changing their guidelines on what a diamond is. So right now, a diamond is a diamond. It doesn't matter whether it was grown in a lab or in the earth. Um, if it's chemically, physically, and optically identical, it is a diamond. So 
um, lab-grown diamonds will just be the new norm in diamonds, um, which is fantastic. I knew we'd always get there, and I'm super excited to see it. Well, I want people to go take a look at your site, but I also think that they should visit your press room. And I don't usually direct <laughs> my listeners to go to somebody's press room, but you know, clearly if they want to know more about social enterprises and they want to know more about you know, your story and how you've, you've gone to market, there's a lot more gems in, in your media um, Absolutely. Theme. Yes. There's a lot of really, um, really great articles and interviews um, that get really serious about the topic and what exactly is happening um, with these um, corporations and these communities that are being, unfortunately, is still abused by the earth mind diamond trade. Well, Anamika, it's been a delight to speak with you. And if Thank people so want, much. want to reach out to you, want to know more about your company, or want to know more about uh, just connect with other CEOs of B Corps, how can people reach you? Then go to miadonna.com. And we have all our contact information on there. Um, or we do have a Portland uh, retail store now that just opened in November. Um, so if you're in Portland, please stop by. We actually have a bar in our store. So you can stop by for a microbrew or a glass of wine. I mean, we're in, we're in Portland after all. Um, and we are actually lab-grown diamond experts. Everyone that works in Miadonna is uh, an expert in lab-grown diamonds. So you really won't find that anywhere else. All of a sudden, I thought of my friends at Bold Socks who run their company in Michigan and have their, their store in Michigan with socks. And I wonder if, if they need to add a craft brewery in their socks. They store. do. They do. It always helps. <laughs> it does always help. Have, have a couple beers and, and buy this lovely it's, large diamond. Yes. <laughs> champagne and diamonds, right? It goes together. Well, I'd say I get on the plane and, and head there, but we're doing this interview in the time of uh, COVID. Right. One and day, Allison. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we will get on that plane and, and, and come, um, come test everything and touch everything. And um, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll tell you this, Sounds and although you'll, you'll shame me, is when um, my older daughter was little, we used to sneak into Tiffany's and I, I taught her how to walk in the store and, and smell the diamonds and, and people just, so we would sneak into the jewelry store. So we'll come do this at your store because it's much more socially responsible. We would, um, because I'm, I'm in Chicago, right? So we could go to yeah. the Tiffany's on, on Michigan Avenue and sneak in and we would make sure that the security guards and the people that work there, that nobody saw us, and we would sniff the diamonds. It was just a joke. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before, and I love it. Yeah, we would do, that was our thing. We'd be like, oh, let's go sniff the, sniff the diamonds. What so, a great memory. Yeah, but, I, I, but surely, we, you know, you have made us much more wiser on the, on the topic, and we will be much more socially um, responsible and awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, because and like you said a, a beautiful piece of jewelry is not to go to waste <laughs> yeah exactly and it's even the gold in our settings these days highly complex so at Mia Donna too we only use a hundred percent recycled precious metals um, so they're truly conflict-free fine jewelry Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I hope our listeners um, gain something from this interview. Anamika, thank you so much. If thank you. She, if she shared something that has inspired you, um, you know, please forward this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation to a friend, another entrepreneur, a woman in business, somebody else that needs to hear this message. If there is an enterprising company founder that you believe that we need to speak with, 
please send me a note at connect at allisonksummers.com. Until then, keep your eye on the future. Thank you again. Oh, yes, yes, I know. Mm -hmm. So it didn't, didn't start there, um, but obviously once I'd conquered getting a diamond that I felt great with, it was a conflict-free diamond, then uh, I had to move on to the gold. And a lot of people right now, if you see online and someone saying they're using recycled metals, they're only using about 65% recycled. Um, so we had to go a little, little bit further than that and secure 100% recycled metals. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Mm. But I can't wait to hear yeah. about all of your next, you know, your next endeavors. Um, Thank so. you. Yeah, I know. So much going on, but it's an, it is an exciting time. It, it, even though the world is so unstable right now, it is an exciting time for this industry and, and the company and lots of things going on. So yeah, well, I'm glad I'm I could give you a diversion to keep you from your attorney emails. And now you have to go do all your attorney emails. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yay. And I've done my attorney, my attorney stuff for today. Um, except yeah. for I'm going to pull a bunch of files tomorrow for attorneys and, um, uh, well, you're, well, you're three hours ahead of me, so you've you've, you've done three hours more work today. Yeah, yeah, no, no I'm two I'm, hours. <laughs> yeah, two, yeah, two, two hours. I'm uh, yeah, two hours closer to um, I not having a drink. Definitely not having a drink. It's too early in the in, in the week for that. Yeah. But, yeah <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Okay. Again. We'll send you Thanks, everything, Allison. and we'll okay. catch up in another day. Okay. okay. Thanks, bye. Allison. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.